So we are continuing on uh, our, our portion of the series on the Holy Spirit, uh, still talking about the gifts of the Spirit, God's gifts to the body for the purpose of establishing Jesus Christ as Lord on the earth. Just want to give the reminder that these gifts are freely given of God's grace. They're not earned. These are not rewards for or indicators of spiritual maturity. And it's important to stress that tonight because tonight we are talking about the gift of faith. And faith is one of those things that we often talk about um, and it kind of coincides with maturity a lot of times. You know, I've grown in faith. I've grown in maturity. And I just want to make the point that this isn't something that's just a reflection of maturity and growth. These are gifts of the Lord given for oftentimes specific purposes to have a specific result using specific people at that moment so that Jesus can be glorified and established as Lord. Now, as I talk about the gift of faith, I'm going to talk about it much like I did um, the word of knowledge last week and the word of wisdom before that. Um, and I'm not standing up here claiming to be definitive and I'm not going to put parameters on, parameters on it and say, this is what the gift of faith is. The last two weeks I've talked about the bigness of the word of wisdom. The bigness of the word of knowledge. When we talk about the gift of faith, um, it's big. All of the gifts of the Lord are big. So anybody who tries to give you a soundbite definition and say this is what it is, that's only a portion of it. Even the definitions that I provide tonight, it's a portion of it. But I think we can kind of convey it pretty well. 1 Corinthians 12, 8-9 says, For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, a word of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, a word of knowledge. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. When I was four years old, so imagine Ronan. Ronan's four years old. When I was four years old, my mom and dad and our family had began to work. Was it Carthage, South Carolina, North Carolina? In Carthage, North Carolina. And it was difficult soil. It was difficult, um, a difficult region to bring in a message of faith and a ministry of faith. And I was playing on the monkey bars. And I fell from the monkey bars and I fell on my head and my neck and I did not move and my mom came running in Jerry something's happened to Mark you know we need to go to the hospital and their first instinct was to when your kid falls and gets hurt and it's not moving to go to the hospital and my dad said let me pray first and as he was praying the Lord gave him a word of knowledge that if they ran to the hospital at that moment, everything that they had been laying the foundation for of building a community of faith in that region, in that area of North Carolina, that it would be it would be destroyed. Their work would hit a halt seeing the man of God, the man of faith, but yet the Lord not moving and healing in his son. 
so my dad expressed that to my mom and said, no, God's going to heal him. We're not taking him in. Tough, tough spot to be in. Controversial spot to be in. Even as I tell that right now, if I had to play the odds, I'd say 75% of the people in this room would say, ain't no way I would ever do that. It's probably more like 90-something. It's probably, there's probably only my mom who would say, no, no, it works out well. Um, but at that moment, that's not what she was saying. She's sitting there seeing her four-year-old son basically paralyzed, not moving. And I stayed that way. I don't know how long the time was. It was days. Is that right? A couple days. Not eating, not moving. But my dad having received a word of knowledge and having been given the gift of faith for that moment, said, Lord, I know what you told me. And I'm not going to budge. And if you if you take him home, then I'll either trust you for resurrection or I'll trust you in his death. But I know what you've spoken. And I'm not taking him in. I don't remember this, but from what I was told, I came to and said, Why are you crying? I'm hungry. Can I have something to eat, Mom? Can you feed me? And the Lord healed me. Friends, there's a difference between faith and the gift of faith. Oftentimes, the gift of faith given for a specific reason, for a specific person, to be used at a specific time to bring about a specific result. We look in the Word of God and we see stories of men and women walking in faith. But tonight I want to highlight a few that walked in the power of the gift of faith. What is the gift of faith and how does it differ from regular old faith? First of all, there's nothing regular about regular old faith. Regular old faith moves mountains. Regular old faith withers fig trees and throws mountains into the sea. Faith binds and looses what's on earth and what's in heaven. Faith obtains for us access to God's glorious grace. Faith justifies us. Faith counts us as righteous. And faith saves the lost by grace. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. So what is the gift of faith? It's probably best to talk about what it's not before we jump into what it is. The gift of faith is not the saving faith by which every one of us who have trusted their life in Jesus Christ has been saved. That's not the gift of faith. Salvation is a gift. And it is by faith that we are saved. But that's not what the gift of faith is, what we just read. The gift of faith is not the faithfulness that we walk in, which comes as a fruit of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. The gift of faith is not the wonderful ability 
to be positive in just about every situation. You know, when I go through a difficult time, I like to sing that old southern hymn. Don't worry. Be happy. You know, when life, we have some trouble. It's not really a hymn. That's not faith. Just to be an, That's just being an optimist. Friends, the gift of faith from the Holy Spirit is not to be equated with a strong personality. It's not to be equated with dogmatic and compelling and loud prayers that make declarations. The gift of faith can be just as quiet or just as loud as God wants it to be demonstrated at that time. And it's pretty much going to be carried out by who He chooses for that moment. The Lord wants to have a gift of faith and operation through Kristen. It's not going to be loud like that. He wants to use it through Gary. It's going to be very loud like that. The gift of faith is this. A gift given to particular members of the body at particular times which empower them to be firmly persuaded of God's power, God's ability, God's willingness, and God's promises to accomplish His will and purpose and to display such a confidence in Him and His Word that no circumstance or obstacle can shake that conviction. That was a mouthful. Let me read that again. Slowly. The gift of faith is this. A gift given to particular members of the body at particular times which empower them to be firmly persuaded of God's power, ability, willingness and promises to accomplish His will and purpose and to display such a confidence in Him and His Word that no circumstance or obstacle can shake that conviction. The gift of faith looks at God's character and stands firmly on God's promises with unshakable belief that is reflected in word and deed. So you want to know what the honest truth is? This is the honest truth. Pretty good chance that in me telling of that story, of my dad's refusal to take me to the hospital, he was probably judged by a good portion of people in this room at that moment because... Operating in the gift of faith is so contrary to our culture. Being convinced of who God is, of His ability and willingness and power is so contrary to our culture. I guarantee... Part of me wanted to be like, raise your hand if you judged my dad during that story. But I wouldn't do that to you guys. But I guarantee there were neighbors who judged him. I guarantee that... I know from hearing the story and the testimony told by my mom that she was in conflict. There's a mother 
you know, with all of her maternal instincts wanting to care, but trusting God. Kind of like a father leading his son up a mountain with a batch of wood and a sharp knife for the purpose of driving it into the heart of the son that was the fulfillment of the promise of God, but him realizing and declaring, even if he dies, my God can raise him from the dead. How many of us have read that story and judged Abraham, the father of the nations, and said, you're a freak, I would never do that. At some point I read it and said, I couldn't do that. But there's other times that I've been used by the Lord in a gift of faith, not along those lines. But believing God for the ridiculous because we're convinced of who God is. Like all true faith of whatever kind, this gift of faith in certain members of the body looks through the immediacy of the situation to Him who is invisible and brings the confidence that God will move in the impossible. Oftentimes, and in practice, this gift of faith often works in conjunction with the gift of of healing. It oftentimes works in conjunction with the working of miracles. In Mark 5 and Luke 8, Jesus utters these simple words. Do not fear. Only believe. Do not fear. Only believe. These words epitomize the empowering of the gift of faith. Do not fear. Only believe. Only believe. We see this in the life of Jesus on numerous occasions, but most notably in the story of the death of Lazarus. So we're going to read that story together tonight. John chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love, describing Lazarus, the one that you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So I, I want to see things working in conjunction together here. As we as we see this, I'll identify where the word of knowledge came in. Identify where the word of wisdom came in. Identify where the gift of faith came in. Okay, because they are they are flowing in this. This illness does not lead to death, for it is the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. What is that? Knowledge. Knowledge of a situation that hasn't yet happened yet. Knowledge of what's going to happen. And knowledge of how God's going to use it. He receives a word of knowledge right there. Jesus continues talking with his disciples. Then we get down to verse 11. It says, after saying these things, he said to them, this is Jesus talking. He said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. 
the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. What a crazy thing to say. What a crazy thing to say. Even if someone, you know, has known the Lord to say, I'm, I'm glad it happened. Talk about things that are critique worthy, that are criticism worthy. Jesus said, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it happened this way. Jesus received a word of wisdom about the bigness of God's plan. It describes Lazarus as someone that Jesus loves. How difficult do you think it was for Jesus not to run to his friend's side, to pray for him, knowing that if he did, he'd be healed. If he laid his hands on him, he would be healed. And the father going, no, that is not how I want to be glorified. I've got a bigger picture in mind. Stay. And for Jesus to stay for days. Verse 20. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained silent, or remained, remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. The gift of faith. You see, many men and women have died in faith. Many men and women have given their lives in faith. The gift of faith says, death is not the end. Death will be overcome. Your brother will rise again. Verse 32. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him. She fell at his feet, saying to him the same thing that Martha said. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's heavy. That's heavy to say to anybody. If you would have come, he wouldn't have died. If you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. I love the compassion and the humanity of Jesus right here. Friends, Jesus didn't die because Lazarus died. That's not why he cried. That's, that's not why he cried. He wasn't crying because Lazarus had died. He knew what the result was going to be. He knew just in a couple of minutes what the result was going to be. His faith, he knew. He knew what the result was going to be. That's not why he's crying. He cried because he's in the midst of people he loves and cares about and he sees their hurts and he sees that they're mourning and he sees that they're in pain and he sees that they're in turmoil and he sees that they're conflicted. He's heard the words going, I, I believe you. I, I believe that whatever you ask of the Father, he'll do. But if you were to come, if you just want to come. And he, and he, he experiences their hurt and he has 
compassion. And he cries. Why do I love that so much? Because this is the same Jesus that is there for you and I in the midst of every difficult time and who takes compassion on us with every dark place that we walk through. He's there. This is the same Jesus who is there with us. If you need to imagine the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the mighty conqueror holding you and crying with you, then imagine it because He loves you. And and His love and His compassion for you and I is real. I love that. Verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Take away the stone. Friends, when the gift of faith moves upon us, there is strong action and declaration that follows. Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. I love that Jesus didn't walk into the place of death and bring him out. I love that Jesus said, come out. Come out to this place of life. Come out to this place of resurrection life. Come out. He does the same thing to you and I. Come out. He has life and life to the fullest. He has resurrection power for each one of us and for a world who needs to know that. Come out. Come forth. He says the same thing to us. Continuing here. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Once again, definitive action, definitive faith. I know what God's going to do. I know God has given me a glimpse of how this is going to be better used to glorify Him. It is better that He dies than that I heal Him. Friends, that, what an outpouring of the gift of faith at that moment. It is better that He dies. It is better that Lazarus dies. That was the plan. Friends, that was the plan here. Not that Jesus healed him beforehand. Jesus could have. Jesus intentionally stayed away. Knowing that he could have healed him. Knowing that he could just spoke it. You're healed in Jesus' name. Go home. He's home. He's healed. He could have done that. He didn't. The plan was for Lazarus to die. When you read about the triumphant entry of Jesus that, that completed and fulfilled prophecy of Jesus riding in and, and palms being waved, 
marking his triumphant entry before his crucifixion, there's a note there that says that there are those who came who had heard of the resurrection of Lazarus. God's plan is way bigger than we can ever imagine, friends. The scope of His reach, of His plan and purpose is bigger. But will we trust Him when He says, let it die. It's better that it dies because I'm going to resurrect it and then my Father will be glorified. And that's how my Father wants to be glorified. We walk in faith. But when that gift of faith comes upon us and God's saying, Remember my character. Remember my promises. Remember my willingness. Remember my ability. And do not be shaken. We can take it to the bank, friends. Our God is great. The gift of faith is like the bird that sings in the darkness of the morning. Knowing that even though it's dark, what's going to happen soon? The sun's going to rise. Dawn is right here. And the bird starts singing while it's still dark. Why? Because he knows the dawn's coming. He knows the sun is coming up. That is what we, as his church of faith, that is how we live our lives. I know it's dark, but I can sing now because I know that dawn is coming. In Daniel 3, we see a story of manipulative men and a vain and easily manipulated ungodly king who sets up a golden idol which was to be worshipped by all when the cantina band from Star Wars starts to play. At least that's, that's what I think of. When I read it and it talks about, you know, and the harps and the lyres and the flutes and the sn- snar- snarkle flangers all start to play. Bow down. And then I get the song in my mind. And all of these manipulative, tattletaling men that the king is surrounded by They tattle on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Saying, literally, saying, they're paying no attention to you, king. How insecure do you have to be for that to work? They're they're paying no attention to you. And they're not listening to your creed. And they're not bowing down. And they're not worshiping the idol that you said. Daniel 3, verse 13. The Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the bagpipe, and every kind of music, when you hear it, Fall down and worship the image that I have made. Well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And He will deliver us out of your hand, O King. Gift of faith. Gift of faith. We see many men and women die 
in faith, but the gift of faith to say, you can't touch me. It is out of your hands. It is out of your control. I will not die at your hands. My God will not let me, or will not let you. That's the gift of faith. Crank it up, baby. Turn the heat up. It'll do no good. So since there's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, we don't know who the spokesperson was, but in my mind, I envisioned that after that last line, that, you know, that Nebuchadnezzar kind of, he begins to walk away to turn the switch. And then I don't know if it's the same spokesman for the Hebrew three or if it's a different spokesman for the Hebrew three, but talk about confidence. I mean, bordering on like trash talk. But even if our God didn't deliver us, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Even if our God didn't deliver us, we will, we have lived our lives for him and we will die for him. I imagine it being two different people because one of them is going, dude, I just said he's not going to let us die. And you're saying, if, if he does, what are you doing? He's like, I meant it, it was good. It was good. Let it, you know, leave it alone. This is the, the gift of faith being displayed at its coolest. At its coolest. Our God is a cool God. This is not just normal faith, friends. This is not just a, a, a full of faith servant of the Lord. This was the empowering of the gift of faith upon them. There's no indication that they had that they were thrown in jail for a few days, had time to think about it, had time to pray and to boost their spirits. There's no indication that it was anything other than they're not doing it, go seize them, throw them in. King had his short monologue. What do you say? What say you? Are you going to do it? And this was their response. Friends, we can be in the midst of difficult situations. We can be in the midst of life-threatening situations. And if our hearts are open to hear from God, just like that, he can put a, a gift of, of faith in our lives to believe him for, for the ridiculous. So the king becomes filled with great vengeance and furious anger and he heats the service, the, the, the furnace seven times hotter and he throws the Hebrew three into the fiery furnace. Verse 24, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. And then Nebuchadnezzar calls them out. And their hairs are not singed. They are not harmed in any way. Their clothes were not burnt. And they didn't smell like fire. If you walk within four blocks of a campfire, you're going to smell like fire. And what was the result of this gift of, this gift of faith? Jesus, the fourth person in the fiery furnace, was established as Lord of all. 
Verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own. Therefore I make a decree. Any people or nation or language that speaks against the God of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruins. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. The late John Wimber, who died in 1997, and he was one of the, the founders of the Vineyard Churches, he defined the gift of faith as this. The mysterious surge of confidence which sometimes arises within a person faced with a specific situation or need. John Wimber is the man who coined the phrase that Dudley Daniel often uses that says, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. If we're not willing to take a risk, how true is that faith that we are standing on? if we're not willing to trust our God to be who we know His character to be, to be who His Word says He is, to be who He's already demonstrated to us His willingness to be, His ability to be, His power to be, then what is our faith? Faith is translated as faithfulness and steadfastness. The gift of faith is the firm persuasion, the conviction which is based upon hearing God, not upon sight or knowledge or circumstance. It's a firmly relying confidence in what we believe to be the truth about the character, the ability, and the promises of God and the faith to walk it out, to declare or die for what God says is true. Nevertheless, King, we will not bow to any other God. Daniel was gifted to do this in the lion's den. Abraham was gifted to do this with his son, who was the fulfillment of the promise of God. Friends, not trying to put ourselves in such glorious company, but Impact Rock is walking this out right now. Guys, With our building, we are walking this out right now. We can't fail. Period. I want you to keep on giving towards the building fund, but if you don't, he will use someone else and they will receive the blessing. We can't fail. God has spoken this. He has confirmed it. He has set our hearts toward it. We've got zero doubt. We've got zero doubt. Some of you, it's okay if you've got a little doubt. I'm telling you right now, we've got no doubt. We are walking in a gift of faith right now because I don't care what number a general contractor comes back with, our God's going to provide it. And He's not limited by the amount of people in this room. God's going to provide it and we're going to make the impact that's been prophesied over us since before we had our first service. The ways that we're going to reach this community and be a pillar in this town reflecting the love of God. They are true. And this place right here, It's not the end-all be-all, but it's exactly where God has called us to be and provided for us. 
and God's going to God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Romans ten seventeen says, "Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of God. Hearing through the word of God, not hearing through the logos of God." It doesn't say faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Logos of God. The Logos is the written Word of God. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing the Rhema, the spoken Word of God. And I love it. It says through the Word of Christ. Christ, the Anointed One. Christ, the Messiah. Christ, the Risen One. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Rhema, the spoken Word of Christ. Why is it so important that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ? How else are we going to hear when He speaks? When He breathes His life onto us and says, this is what I want you to believe me for. And I'm choosing to use you for this specific time, in this specific place, in this particular way. The Bible says that our faith comes from hearing God speak to us. What does that say about who we're hearing from when we place our faith in other things. There's a whole loud world out there trying to sway us from walking a life of faith and confidence in in the God of the miraculous. You guys, we can't please God if we have no faith. We can't please God if we have no faith. Maybe I should put it another way. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Hebrews 11.6 Hebrews 11. What, what's, what's the theme of Hebrews 11? It's the hall of fame of faith, baby. It's the, the champions of faith. And it says here, it's impossible to please Him without faith. You guys, we can't please God if we have no faith. Let's walk our lives living it in faith. But there are those times that God, Lord, let it be so, that He gifts us with the gift of faith to stand in confident assurance of who He is and to declare to the world I know who He is. Yeah, I know what the doctor said. Yeah, I know what the report says. Yeah, I know what what all these things say. But I know what my God said. And it's louder and greater and truer than any other report. And I've heard from God. And so I'm walking this out. What if He doesn't answer? Well, then I've, I've been obedient to my God and He'll turn it some way. In life or death, He'll turn it for my good and His glory. Worst case scenario... God gets to be glorified in another way. But death isn't the end all be all. I've seen God. He he took my life. I was dead. And I now have life. You know what I love about this gift of the Spirit? It, It increases our vision. It increases our want. How many guys, not because, you know, I'm shaking a pom pom and go, woohoo! You know, but because I'm sitting there saying, this is who God is, and this is what He can do, and this is a gift that He freely gives, not based on maturity or experience, but just on the fact that He's a good God. How many of you guys want to be used in this way? In the gift of faith. Then let's be listening to our God. Let's be communing with our God. And when He speaks, and He speaks the ridiculous, 
we can stand on it and say, I know who my God is. Do not fear. Only believe.